You're listening to Tabletop Arcanum, a podcast dedicated to learning and exploring the hobby of tabletop gaming. Your hosts are Justin Taylor and Richard Geese, so sit back and relax as we talk, discuss, and joke our way through the hobby we love so much. fourth corporate war is over, and the big dogs have retreated to their corners to lick their wounds. That leaves everyone else to fend for themselves in a shattered world. And that's just fine, because you've got interface plugs in your wrists, metals in your limbs, and chips in your skull. You're wired in, loaded with chrome, and ready to take it to the edge. There's a world full of opportunities out there. Maybe this time you can do more than save yourself. Maybe. Welcome to Tabletop Arcanum, we're your hosts, Justin and Ricky, and as you've heard, we are talking about Cyberpunk Red, the jumpstart kit. Uh, Justin, you picked this up. Yeah, it was launched at Gen Con and then hit retail shelves a couple months later. I think it was mid or late November when retailers started seeing it. Um, It's still a little bit hard to track down because it's in hot demand right now, so... Mm. Uh, we finally got around to cracking it open, reading through it, seeing what uh, Cyberpunk Red's all about. Yeah. So, that's while we're still waiting on the full version, this is like your beginner box to the the Red Universe, mm. uh, and this is kind of a watered down version, a little bit because there's a lot of uh, actually as we went through it, there was a lot of like. We don't have the system in this jumpstart kit because we wanted to keep it pretty simple, so you can like get going and, and playing right away. Mm. Uh, but the you know when you know, refer to Cyberpunk Red when it really comes out and mm. that system and then the all the extra stuff will be in there and you can take it to the edge then. Yeah. Well, before we jump into any of that, we do want to go over our role recap. Um, I have played some lanterns. Mm. Uh, if you couldn't tell. Um, I have also played some Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Uh, code names. We did have um, just some fun with uh, friends and their kids, so we did play a lot of um, toned down games. Easy, easy to play games with kids between eight to twelve. So, right. Yeah. What have you been up to, Justin? Uh, Arkham Horroring, Marvel Champion, and some Marvel Crisis Protocol been kind of light um mostly because did some home improvement projects and other things going around the house so mm. the game time kind of dropped off a little bit as holidays kind of kicked up and um but that doesn't mean i'm not going to play a bunch of games in this next week or two here even with christmas and new year's and all that um because that's what i do so, and then on the tabletop RPG news, like we're talking about Cyberpunk Red, uh, I've been reading through the Ebron uh, Rise of Last War. Mm. I've been doing a bunch of stuff on that. We've been progressing in uh, Waterdeep uh, Dragon Heist. You guys are about to find out some crazy stuff, and the heist part is about to really uh, kick off into, well, technically the heist has already happened. You guys are just catching up to it. mm um, and then let's see, we also have, let's see, in the last two weeks, I've also ended a 10 month campaign, uh, that came to a good conclusion. I ended a two year campaign that came to relatively good conclusion. Interestingly enough, both of them came in a big boss fight that, uh, both are fifth edition and both started with a 
hey, this round, the big bad has vulnerability to all attacks. Pounce. And it was a, a couple deft big swings to just drop whatever the fight was. And, yeah, that's a... I guess that's where actually, you know, my, my tracker doesn't really cover when I record D&D. So I've played a lot of D&D in the last two weeks. Yeah, and, I mean, we're coming to the end of the decade. You've completed how many uh, campaigns in the decade? I can't count. Or no, it was this year you've completed two. You almost had oh, a third th- one. Oh, this year I'm on three already. Three? Yeah, three three wrapped up this year. Beautiful. And then I think that's all that's going to wrap up this year, but... No, it's one of the things that we were actually starting to, I don't know, in, in some of the groups and, and circles I'm in, stories need endings even if it's not the end, mm-hmm. and it's okay to let go. Yeah. Um, to run a game for a decade, it gets hard. You know, look at it almost like television shows. Like, when you hit that 10th, 12th, 13th season... It can get rough. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you'll bounce back, but sometimes you don't. You just start pulling stuff out of your out of your butt and trying to keep it going. And Yep. You can always revisit it if you ever want to revisit it, but it's good to have that ending there. Absolutely. So, array to endings. End of a year, end of a decade, end of some campaigns. And uh, not in a bad way, just they reach their natural conclusion. Mm-hmm. End scene, close curtain roll credits yeah so yeah that's a lot of recapping yeah in a short bit of time so let's start talking here about cyberpunk red the jumpstart kit uh first impressions this is uh artalzorian games it's an rpg book so you've got a couple things in there starting with a world guide an event kind of a rules slash adventure guide um some cardboard pawns a set of dice uh, what else is in there? Uh, the maps. Yep, some uh, battle maps. Yeah. Um, but, you, you know, I, I did really enjoy the fact that um, my first impression of all of this, um, with the new Cyberpunk 2077 coming out, mm-hmm. um, there are a lot of people jumping into this right um other games uh other cyberpunk type games um cyberpunk genre games um have had video games in the past um yep. shadow run being the big one mm-hmm. and they um, just hit sixth edition or sixth world so mm-hmm. like they're getting a refresh too just like cyberpunk red mm-hmm. is the refresh for cyberpunk 2020 yeah, it's just seeing the 2077, all the hype for that mm-hmm. has really just exploded. So there's a lot of people looking for that extra, um, the extra lore, the extra um, backstory, everything. Yep. So this is, um, it's it's nice that it comes with um, the book with uh, the lore and with the, um, the adventure, just to right. kind of give you that extra oomph mm-hmm. to get you... More yeah. for it. Um, so the big thing, like if we go back in history, Cyberpunk 2020 is set in the in the future year 2020. Well, mm-hmm. in a couple of weeks, it will be 2020. Yeah. Um, much like um, Cyberpunk 2020 and Blade Runner and those other like high tech dystopian futures. Back, you know, I can even throw Back to Future Part Two. We haven't really seen those futures um, mm-hmm. play out the way we have some of those tech. Some of those tech devices, yeah. Uh, one of the worst things that ever really happened to like 
games like Shadowrun or uh, even Cyberpunk a little bit is Wi-Fi. Mm. Um, because all the games and all the, like the philosophy back then was not necessarily wireless technology, but like hardwired. You had to wire into the system. You would wire into the system and you would hack the code and you would, you know, 13th floor your way into it sort of mm-hmm. situation. Um, and, and you slice and you hack that way opposed to like, oh, let me just pull out my phone. Beep, boop, beep, done. I'm mm-hmm. in. I'm in. What do you mean you're in? Like, look, I can open the doors. I can turn on the lights. Mm. So... Um, I think that's where uh, both Shadowrun and Cyberpunk have kind of needed a refresh and updates mm. uh, in their systems and in the worlds to kind of help incorporate some of that because that's what technology direction we've had. Mm. So, and I do appreciate um, it does seem like they're addressing they address a lot with within the lore, mm-hmm. um, with you know in regards to Wi-Fi where in, in previous games. You can hack into the system from anywhere. Now it's well, that network really isn't there. If you want to hack into that computer, you have to be local. Like you can't. Right. right. You can't hack into uh, the major backdrop of Night City mm. outside of Night City, typically. And a lot of it comes down to the lore, where it's a little dystopian in the sense of everything's so segregated, mm. um, and on its own grids and on its own network. So. Mm. You know, by addressing it that way, yes, it can be wireless, but you have to be kind of on the local network, not the, there's no real global, global. network mm-hmm. per se. Mm-hmm. Um, so things like that kind of help curve it. And honestly, uh, Cyberpunk does a really good job in the sense of we're not dealing with the magics. This is more hard sci-fi or fantastic sci-fi mm-hmm. where Shadowrun takes into the fact that there's magic and there's trolls and elves and and all of that. Mm. Um, the the Will uh, the Will Smith movie Bright mm. that Netflix made is actually a pretty decent representation of what a Shadowrun universe would look like. Yeah, where it's like here's high fantasy, here's regular world, it's smashed together, and mm. everyone's just kind of figuring it out. Yeah, um, not necessarily the greatest movie, but yeah. Still it was incredible. interesting to yeah. see that in 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 a live action format. Uh, Cyberpunk is more of um, Blade Runner it mm. is a huge like. If I needed to pick one source of like, hey, you want to get a feel for how, what Cyberpunk world is like, just watch Blade Runner. Yeah. Um, and then you know now I can say go play in twenty seventy seven. The other thing that uh, the whole reason why Red actually exists is because we're jumping. To you know, the video game is going to jump to 2077 in, mm. in the timeline. Red is accelerating the timeline from 2020 to about the 2030s, 2040s. Mm. So it's not pushing. I think it was 2045 is the present day, right. quote unquote. Um, so it's nice to see that for those who have played previously, seeing it go from mm-hmm. 2020 to 2077. Right. For those who have never played but are going to be all about 2077 when mm-hmm. it comes out. It's nice to see what led up to this. Right. And so. some of the interviews and some of the time I have, you know, I was I had a couple talks over this year with Mike Pondsmith, who's like the father of cyberpunk. And one of his intentions was to work with the CD Projekt Red team and his company, Artel Zorian, to kind of co-create the lore. 
So as in with Red, they're creating an NPC that's in Night City who does this. All of a sudden, that's going to be a data file that you can read in 2077 about this person. Then in 2022, they did this. In 2043, they did this. And likewise, as CD Projekt Red is coming up with stuff um, to incorporate to their game to make it, you know, it's a video game. So they have to, mm. the storytelling similar but different. They're actually telling, you know, Artel Zorian, like, hey, we've got these things. And Artel Zorian's taking, like, great, we'll just slot them into our lore. Mm. There they are. Um, and you know, so, like, I'm I'm really interested in seeing, you know, next year when 2077 actually comes out and um, the full uh, um, Cyberpunk Red book comes out. Because, mm. again, this is just a beginner box. It's really just to get your taste fet- wet and get you excited. Mm-hmm. And it does that. I just want to. I just want to yeah. gather and eat lore at this point. Yeah. And um, you talked about how you talked to uh, Mike Pondsmith before. Mm-hmm. Um, and you had an awesome story. I know we've talked about it on the show before, but I did. Um, I always enjoy hearing um, you talk about um, um, Alto, uh, the Artelsorian games and. Uh, CD Projekt Red, how they really got that oh, connection, right? With because because uh, essentially it was the the, the CD Projekt Red guys <laughs> in Cyberpunk twenty twenty was their college D and D game that mm-hmm. was that's what they played growing up, and yeah, so they They're, fell in love with Cyberpunk, mm-hmm. went off and made The Witcher and and made yeah. a name for themselves otherwise. But like in their heart of hearts, they're fanboys of cyberpunk. So twenty seventy seven is going to be. It's going to be interesting because I think it's going to be really cool for people who are into the cyberpunk genre mm-hmm. and are really looking for like the deep dive, the finite details. Is it going to be a fun cat like regular gamer game? Mm-hmm. That's what I think is going to be. Wait to see. But those who love lore and detail, mm-hmm. and you can even see it in the Witcher series. There's a lot of love and craft to the source material. So, mm-hmm. yeah. so yeah, they reached out to, to Mike, uh, apparently, because... and it was like, hey, um, do you want to come to Poland? Yeah. And, and he's like, huh, okay, let's... He's been a, he was approached, and ne- nothing ever really worked as far as a video game in, in the cyberpunk world. And it's just like, nah, nah, nah. But the, the love and passion that they have and what they did with the Witcher series mm-hmm. pretty much gave him the comfort that Mike was looking for and saying, I can trust you. Yeah. I think you guys are going to do justice to this. Let's do this. Yeah. And a little more background on that. They invited him out to Poland. They're, they're Polish. So right. um, cyberpunk, um, Mike Pondsmith, like, okayed cyberpunk um, to be translated. Mm-hmm. So... With CD Projekt Red being out in Poland, they yep. eventually got a copy and uh, right, like translated for them, mm-hmm. um, and that that's how they got into it. Yeah, it heavily. was like this one of the things, like, oh, what other languages do we want to translate this into? And mm-hmm. like, yeah, they they dove into it. So small little thing, like one person in the in the translation group in uh, Artelzorian is mm-hmm. why we're getting a. a triple a video game now yeah so it's awesome um i'm really excited um they're really excited i can you know talking with the artel zorian guys um through with gen con or gamma or i I actually came across them a couple times this year throughout several different events and they're stoked about 
read. Mm. And there's other things coming out that aren't actually announced yet. And they've mm-hmm. teased and they've talked about some things and they kind of had like minis mm. at Gen Con painted and shown off. So I think 2020 is the year of Artel's Orion. Yeah. Like it's the year of Cyberpunk. It's Cyberpunk 2020. It is 2020. Yeah. Let's do this. So opening the box, you get a lot of stuff. Uh, one nice little touch that they did do is there is a voucher for getting. Uh, discount the uh the yeah the discount yeah. rate for um drive through rpg mm-hmm. so you can get your if you have a virtual table you can get a discount you can have the physical material for for your reference and then you can get the um a digital PDF, materials yeah too. for for eight dollars instead of the 15 that they would charge online mm-hmm. and that would just be for the the uh, jumpstart kit books themselves right. i mean when you when you get the actual box you get all the extra fun stuff right um i do have to say i really love the new art mm. um i mean I, I loved the art growing up with like a um cyberpunk 2020 i love the art the art it just screams like 90s 80s it like, does yeah um so and it honestly i can't fault it because that was the rpg and art style for those eras mm. you can take a look at uh ad and second edition dungeons and dragons Mm-hmm. Art style is, or you know, art format is relatively the same. Um, the West End Games Star Wars editions, mm-hmm. art style very similar. Not necessarily like, oh, this is the same art, but like a lot of it was black and white. It wasn't high, you know. There was detail, but it wasn't like fine art detail that we get now that mm-hmm. we expect now out of our RPG products. So yes, the art direction is is much more fine, much more dialed in. And a lot crisper. I'm just loving the game system from a just, you know, I've played D&D for many years. I've played simple systems, complex systems. This one's hitting a little bit in the middle. Mm-hmm. Really, you're using a, D, uh, a 10-sided die and a 6-sided die. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've used single die systems. I've used, you know, D&D, which uses every die in, under the face of the earth. Yeah, I've even played Dungeon Crawl Classes with classics which use even more random dice like a d30 mm. because sure why not nah. so having it boiled down to like okay it, you get a 10 percent chance on most things if you need a 10 great mm. so the it's almost like a metric system worth of uh, systems which i dig so getting out of the box you get all that you get the stands and stuff like that which you come to expect with um Pathfinder did it and a couple other. So if you actually aren't the theater of the mind group and you actually do want to use minis in a map, the system's there for you. Mm-hmm. And and some of the props are there for you. So a lot of neat stuff right out of the box. Yeah. Um, again, other thing we noted is this is a little watered down, so some of the systems are either stripped of the complexity or non-existent in a couple aspects Mm-hmm. Because they only have uh, a few of the uh, roles that you can play. Mm-hmm. They don't have all of them. They do list them all. So, um, like, Johnny Silverhand is a rocker boy. And they talk about rocker boys and you can play one of them. But um, they even note, like, medias, um, uh, execs, and uh, lawmen are not 
actually part of the Jumpstart kit. Mm-hmm. And they'll be part of the core rule book when they come out. But they talk about it. And that's what I kind of appreciate is like these are things that can exist. And as a, a GM, you can actually take that and kind of put it in your head and maybe not have rules for it. But at least, okay, these are other types of characters that can exist mm-hmm. and incorporate into your NPCs and such. But yeah, you kind of – and then what I really dug – I don't know if you caught this, Ricky. One of the things I actually really liked about it was the um, statistics and how you generate them in this game. So you can either take up a straight template or there's like three models of making your stats. So like template, like pick one of these sets of numbers, that's plug them into those spots, and that's what you get. Um, there was the edge runner. Uh, which is a fast and dirty system, which will be in the core book, but essentially you'll roll on a series of tables to generate your stats. And then there's the complete package, which is really your stat by this is how many points I have, this is what I have to allocate Mm. to my stats, Um, which again will be in the core uh, main book. But the the fact that there's like kind of a light, medium, and and like real dial, and, and they even talk about the benefits of like, this is the quick and dirty. Like, you want to get going, just use a stat line, go. Yeah. Oh, you want a little fine-tune it, but you really don't want to go, like, deep dive? Okay, here's a, like, a little bit of a hybrid system. And then you really want a number crunch? We yeah. got a system for you, too. Yeah. So, I like it for that. I do really I really do appreciate that. Um, and they are... Um, they they are changing quite a bit of rules. Um, they did mm-hmm. announce that the majority of uh, 2020, you can really fine tune it, um, and it shouldn't be too difficult to get it onto the new system. So right. if you're someone who wants to play 2020, then move eventually down the line to. Um, or you're currently playing 2020 and you want to transfer to the red system. Mm-hmm. You can. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it's going to be a little bit more like when. Um, D&D went from, like, second edition to third edition or, like, third edition to fourth edition. Mm-hmm. Like, there's going to be some some wiggle room that you're going to have to work with, but it's not impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I do also appreciate, and what I found was a little odd, was the shift in tone. So, Cyberpunk has always been edgy. Like, mm-hmm. high style, high edge, like, push it to the limit. Like your edge lord style characters that are, are you know in some D and D groups are like oh god the edgy rogue is so mm. overplayed that's what you want in cyberpunk like that is yeah. like your default like everybody needs to be dark gritty edgy but that's the genre mm. but more often cyberpunk twenty twenty was megacorps like you had giant corporations and they really ran night city and all that with the timeline jump so we've jumped to forty five twenty forty five. There's been four corporate wars that pretty much knocked them all down a couple pegs. Mm. So there's no major government that's super powerful anymore. The U.S. is pretty much fractured. The mega corporations have pretty much chewed each other new ones to the point where they're licking their wounds and they're going to their corners and having to rebuild. So even they're not almighty, all-powerful. So there's like almost like not necessarily a power vacuum. But everyone's been beaten up and have gone back to their corners of the ring. Mm-hmm. And I'm just waiting for Corporate World War Five, Yeah. Or World War, you know, whatever the next conflict is. Mm-hmm. 
but that leaves you kind of in a very open space of things are a little bit wild, things are a little bit unknown, and you can take it as a GM or group, and you can kind of go whichever direction you want. Mm-hmm. Granted, with the 2077 lore, if you want to kind of keep it canon, eventually that's going to kind of fill in those gaps. But that's not going to be any different than uh, Star Wars. Mm. Of So you're playing uh, in the Mandalorian era five years after Return of the Jedi. So yeah, you ha- so Force you have, Awakens. <laughs> you have 25 years until Force Awakens shows up. Mm. Granted, right now we're getting novels and stuff that are starting to fill in those holes a little bit. Mm. Um the resistance cartoons fill in that hole. And we're going to get that with the time, um, 2077, but really it's an RPG world mm. who has, you know, you can play by the rules and you can play by what's written mm. or you can say, screw it, throw that out. I want to use this stuff. Mm. It's your game. Do what you want. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's kind of like uh fantasy flights, um, star Wars, going mm-hmm. back to stars talking about how, I mean, you could be a Jedi, a full-fledged Jedi in the um, during the reign of the Empire. Oh yeah, where where that would mean instant execution. You're being tracked down by. Uh, you may not want to flash a lightsaber <laughs> yeah. at every checkpoint, but you know, yeah, it's a thing. Yeah. Hell, we just had uh, Star Wars: Fallen Order come out, and that's yeah. that's that era. Yeah. Is that dark times of like you don't want to be a Jedi and mm. well, Cal Testis does uh, Jedi stuff. Yeah, and bad stuff starts happening to him because oh my god, there's a Jedi. What does the Empire do? They send the Inquisitors after you. Yeah, shocking. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's really interesting that like you can kind of take this for however you want, but the you're backed up if you actually want to go with the canon and the lore. Um. I was even surprised that they kept a lot of the, the name-dropped characters, Johnny Silverhand being one of the primary ones, that he's kind of been a, an iconic character in the mm. cyberpunk universe. And Keanu Reeves is, quote-unquote, playing him in 2077. Yeah. Now, they haven't confirmed that, A, Johnny Silverhand is dead. Mm. But if we're talking timeline, he's, like, not a young guy in 2020. Yeah. So 50 years, I'm not a young guy. Like, he should be dead. And um, there's some, an event in Night City that happens that he sh- is reported dead, but nobody knows for sure. They have talked about 2077 where Johnny Silverhand is actually like in your head. And there's like a essentially, I'm not sure how it's going to be play out. I'm guessing it's some sort of like digital construction of him mm-hmm. is downloaded into you. So you have like this ghost figment mm. from the net. Or, I mean, it could just be like Keanu Reeves, and he's technically a vampire and has been alive since the 1700s. Nah, if you watch the trailer, he glitches out. Uh, okay. So he's definitely okay. digital, but how that happened, we'll have to find out. That's fair. Um, You're just being uh, ghosted by Keanu Reeves, so you know you have to deal with that. So when it comes down to the downsides of uh, the Cyberpunk Red Jumpstart kits... Um, and we can even just speak to Cyberpunk uh, Red in general mm-hmm. going from here. We won't be able to see 100% of the downsides just yet because Correct. we are waiting for the core to come out. We can't even really see all 100% of the upsides either in that sense. But yeah, I think right now that's the issue. Mm-hmm. I need more. Yeah, The Jumpstart Kit is like 
barely an appetizer mm-hmm. of what I want. Yeah. And I've kind of always felt that with the beginner boxes, whether mm-hmm. it be the Fantasy Flight Star Wars ones or the D&D ones or Pathfinder or Starfinder, whatever system, all the Jumpstart kits are there to get you going and get you playing if you've never RPG'd before. Mm-hmm. And they're great for that. They're not so great for established roleplay groups. Mm-hmm. You've never played Cyberpunk and all you guys have been playing is D&D for the last 25 years? Maybe you want to get a Jumpstart kit then because that's going to get you into a different system that you haven't used. Personally, I jump around in all the systems. Mm. I've RPG'd probably over, you know, I've probably ran a dozen different systems. I've probably played in over two dozen different systems. But I'm a kind of a rules mechanics guy. Mm. Not necessarily in the sense that, like, I just pick up rules. I love them. I, I like seeing how the different systems, everything has its pros and cons. I love D&D, and I also hate some of the rules in D&D and some of the mm-hmm. restrictions of it. Everything's different based on the story that you're telling. Cyberpunk has a nice, clean, or Cyberpunk Red Jumpstart has a nice, clean, easy system to run, run with. Mm-hmm. I don't know. My concern is how much more convoluted is the core rules versus the jumpstart kit. And we don't really have that answer. And if they overcomplicate it, then we're going to get into the Shadowrun problem of having to do quadratic formulas to figure out the grenade damage because it was a system built by engineers. Yeah. When you realize Cyber or Shadowrun was built by like people who were engineers, a lot of the symptoms start to make sense of why it's very mathy and, and crunchy. Because that's the type of stuff that they would enjoy. Mm-hmm. I feel my my personal view on RPGs is you're looking for a rule set to give you the guidelines to keep the action flowing. Mm-hmm. Whether you're trying to, you know, hack into a system and you're doing net stuff, or if you're trying to, you know, jack or, or do a showdown at a corporate facility, or just trying to get out for some ramen. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, in the D&D world, like, hey, are we just trying to talk past the guards to get into the palace? Or are we just trying to beat up this beholder in the dungeon? Mm-hmm. You want a system that's agile enough to keep the action flowing. And that's my only concern if they overcomplicate it in the core rules for mm-hmm. Red. Um, the thing that I would, I, I'd say is a downside, which is a downside for... A lot of um, like uh, role playing games is since we have this time jump. Since we're going from 2020, uh, the original one was set in 2013. They went to 2020. This is going to be 2045. Um, you are missing a little backstory by jumping into this um, at this point. Some of it's going to be explained. And to be honest, mm-hmm. the nice thing is moving into. Um, cyberpunk red is the fact that they're not trying to explain what they think the future is going to be in a future that we're sitting in right now nope so they they now see what modern day technology is and how that would be disrupted but you do miss out on some of the stories uh, from the previous iterations which catch 22 i mean you can go back you can play it with the new system if you really want to um well it's 
it feels like, do you want to watch the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movie, or do you really want to go back to Star Trek The Motion Picture yeah. number one? Mm-hmm. Like, it's there if you want it. Mm-hmm. I think Red is a great starting point, too. Yeah. If you just want to jump in, just know that, yeah, there's a lot of lore and history and stuff that you didn't get to play through. The resources are there if you actually want to dig into it. It's just, there's be warned, there's a lot of it. Yeah. And it's also one of those, it's, it's, it's a plus and a negative, the fact that you can play Cyberpunk Red and decide whether or not you want to go back and play 2020 if you want to play... Uh, original cyberpunk right because um you're starting to get a feel for everything um things change between the the systems but not dramatically no so not 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 too bad yeah and like uh um (laughs) like uh artel sorian has already said um you can you can really make red compatible with 2020 so if you're if you like the rule set after the the new core comes out and everything mm-hmm. is all out you can kind of make it work. So, um, with that being said, uh, who would you suggest this for, Justin? Um, I would suggest this for the RPG group who's getting excited for seventy seven. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're the hybrid gamer where you do a little bit of everything, this is this is a great starting point to kind of get you through that waiting period until April when we see 2077 actually drop and you can play that. Mm. Um, If you're interested in a sci-fi game that isn't super mainstream as well. Mm. So like, yeah, you can totally play Star Wars, but Star Wars is pretty fantastic with aliens and all the other stuff that kind of goes with uh, fantastic Mm sci-fi and space operas. This is your dark, gritty Blade Runner universe. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, synthetic arms, you know, replacement cyberware with your eyes, data jacks, and your head and arms. Um, if you like Deus Ex, if you like Blade Runner. Ghost in the Shell. Ghost the in the Matrix, Shell. Like, this is, this is yeah. what cyberpunk is. Yeah. Go for that. Yeah. Um, if you're looking for more aliens and stuff like that, you're going to want to stick with Starfinder or Star Wars. Mm. Or Star Trek. Yeah. Um, I would say for anyone who's looking to jump into a tabletop game, definitely, mm-hmm. especially if you are not looking to jump into something fantasy related, right? Uh, because this is a nice, um, different path from like D and D or Pathfinder, right? Um, and even Shadowrun has their six world starter box, mm-hmm. but Shadowrun still has magic and trolls and and that those fantasy elements in there. Mm-hmm. Not saying it's a bad thing, but if you don't want a fantasy game and you want exactly you you want your magic over there and you're not magic you know cyber tech stuff over here, this yeah so yeah. all right. Any other final thoughts? Um, I'm looking forward to everything else coming out. Um, I'm looking for the new forward to the new core book. Mm-hmm. Um. Which should be right around the time yeah. that 2077, the video game, comes out, which is early April. So I'm hoping that they're going to shoot a little early and we can get it in, like, mid-March Yeah, is my hope. But it's going to be in that ballpark. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so at this point, 
your friendly local retailer stores and your game shops might start being able to take those pre-orders. Mm. Um, technically, and uh, when talking with my my new local shop, they're like, we can technically take a pre-order down for anything. We'll put you, you know, we'll write it in our in our log in our system. If there's no date, no you know, no price tag on it, we can't tell you that. We'll at least have you down, so when it's officially in like our distribution centers, mm-hmm. we can you know punch it in. We know you're already interested. So, um, yeah, definitely talk to them about it because it's it's right around the corner. Good mm-hmm. timing. I would hope that they would they would put it out a month or two beforehand, just because also I'd say about a month. Yeah, just to be able to also get the feel for everything. It, it is very very cool that they are working with uh, CD. Project Red, mm-hmm. um, getting everything um, synced up, synced up between this new system, uh, the lore that goes along with it, and the game coming out. Yep. Um, so, I mean, we have seen before um, our towns, uh, Al Telzorian, mm-hmm. um, like The Witcher yeah. RPG, but that's already based on a book. There's so much lore there that you can explore. Right. This is fresh made lore specifically for this book and for the game so yep absolutely absolutely all right so i think that does it just about does it for our review of cyberpunk red the jumpstart kit from altarzorian game so definitely get your hands on it if you want in this or get that pre-order in if you just want to dive deep and get the core book Next time on Tabletop Arcane, we're not going to talk to you really until the next decade here. So in 2020, well, I have a giant Cthulhu sitting about four feet to my left. And I think, just maybe, Death May Die. Yeah, we can definitely find some time for Death May Die. Um, I do look forward. I mean, that's a beautiful Mm -hmm. mega. It's not a mini. Um, It's a baby. And uh, we probably will also Cthulhu do... Baby. Cthulhu Baby. <laughs> it's like... If... I was going to make a Mandalorian reference. I don't know if our listeners have watched it, so I'm not going to say anything. It's my uh, child. <laughs> it's a child. Um, but uh, we will also go over our 2019 Changes. stats. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we do have a week and a half yep. to... <laughs> Push through as much as we can, get it done, mm-hmm. um, and then on top of that, uh, since it is the holiday season, if you mm-hmm. are looking for a little something extra for the gamer in your life, uh, we are currently uh, affiliated with Hunt a Killer. Correct. Um, and our code Arcanum. Arcanum. So in Hunter Killer, if you want to get your gift someone, get them the gift of Hunter Killer. The little mini escape room in a box. And it's kind of keeps going. So it's episodic. You keep going. And uh, they're offering a discount if you put in the code Arcanum. All right. Until next time, um, enjoy the holidays. Make sure to play tons of games with your family. Force them to. Yes. Force them to play games yeah enjoy last uh the last of the skywalker arc because that's going to be coming out here yeah in this time frame too so this this episode is going to drop the day after it's out well the day of we're going to see it the day before right of course Um, because we have to yeah because the internet will ruin it otherwise my dad will ruin it otherwise that's your problem not my problem (laughs) so 
Thank you for all for listening. We'll see you in 2020. Until then, this has been Justin. And Ricky. Wake up, Samurai. We got a city to burn. You've been listening to Tabletop Arcanum, hosted by Justin Taylor and Richard Geese, and featuring the original music by Paul Moore and Isaac Gilbert. You can follow us on most social media platforms. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave us a review on whatever platform you listen to podcasts. As always, thanks for listening. Thank you.